DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Spiritual Desolation. Be aware, understand, take action with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, a religious community dedicated to retreats and spiritual formation according to the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He is featured on several series found on the Eternal Word television network. He is also author of numerous books on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, all published by the Crossroads Publishing Company. This particular series is based in part on Chapter 4 of Setting Captives Free, Personal Reflections on Ignatian Discernment of Spirits. Spiritual Desolation. Be aware, understand, take action with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We'll get back then to various forms of dryness. And so we had spoken of lack of formation in prayer, negligence in prayer, and consistency between prayer and life. Another experience that people will describe as dryness comes actually from something very beautiful, and that is from growth in prayer. So we'll say a person has been praying the rosary or Alexio Divina or Ignatian prayer with scripture, has loved it, finds it fruitful, prays faithfully, but at a certain point begins to find it harder to focus on a scripture verse or on a mystery in the rosary in the way that the person has loved and has found so fruitful. And so the person feels my prayer is getting drier. And in this case, what's actually happening is that the Lord may be calling the person now to a simpler form of prayer. The person may find that it gets laborious right now, at least for me to be uh, reading, let's say I'm praying with the Beatitudes, to be reading and reflecting on each Beatitude. And what I'd really love is just to be quiet and let my heart be with the Lord, which is not an emptiness or just a series of distractions, but in this case is a letting go of a more active stance in prayer, simply to allow my heart to be with the Lord. And the person will feel this. That's not an emptiness. On the contrary, there's a communion, a relationship, a richness. And the person rises from this form of prayer closer to the Lord with a more lively faith, with new energy for the day. So the need in this case is to know that we have the freedom to to follow what our hearts desire. Um, Now, This can get a little complicated at times because things go back and forth, just like in life. Uh, On a given day, the person will find praying with the scripture verse rich and beautiful, helpful, and it's all that the person wants. And then maybe another day finds himself or herself more drawn toward the quieter stance in prayer and loves that. And the next day says, I'm going to pray again in that quieter way, but it doesn't seem to work as well. In that case, the person will find it more helpful to go back to the scripture. There can be a little up and down and ebb and flow in all of this. But if a person is finding that my prayer seems dry with this sense, that as I continue to pray with the scripture verse in the way that I'm used to doing, I find that isn't right now what my heart really wants, and it just wants to be quietly in the presence of the Lord and receive that presence, then the person just needs to know that not only do you, do you have the freedom, but you can do nothing better than to allow your prayer, your heart to pray in the simpler way that you feel drawn to at this point. 
it's not an inconsistency. It's not, it, again, just as you had spoken about with St. Teresa of Avila or, or the other examples, you're still resting and there's a desire to be in the presence of the Lord. It's, it's just changed. Oh, absolutely. It's not less prayer, it's more prayer. To use an analogy, here is a husband and wife who have loved each other for years, and this evening just sit together, maybe on the porch looking out over the back lawn or uh, in the living room together, and at a certain point uh, just want to be together without any need to say anything. And it's not an empty being together. It's a very rich being together. There's a rich communion. There's silence, but they're together. And on some deeper level than that doesn't need words right now, uh, their love is expressed. That would be an analogy to what we're describing here. It's actually the prayer has gotten richer and deeper. That's why it's the simplification is about a prayer becoming um, richer and deeper. So no, it's not a going back at all in prayer. On the contrary, it's an entering more deeply. If a person ever has questions about this in their own individual experience in prayer, and if it's possible, I know it's not always easy to find, if it would be possible to speak with a priest who does spiritual direction or another person who's trained in spiritual direction, probably that would be very helpful at such times. But what I want to indicate here is that in one very healthy way, prayer can begin to feel dry because the way the person has prayed has led the person now to a simpler form of prayer and at such times to know that we have the freedom to pray that way. And, and if I could bring this up, I think this can be a tension for some. I want to say this very carefully, and as you've said, you know, a lot of reverence. There are those who have begun a practice because they have been encouraged by maybe a private revelation that has said that you should pray this every day, that a particular set of prayers or to do some type of practice. And it was maybe in a very holy, pious encouragement from maybe a saint or a holy person to do that. So there, uh, guilt almost creeps in because I've been doing this for a long time and I'm trying to stay true to this but I'm experiencing this dryness, as you, as you have said, that maybe by just stopping in that moment, whether it's praying the rosary or, or whatever that particular devotion is, maybe to listen to that and allow God to lead you into another aspect of the relationship. Is that a fair way of saying that? Well, uh, as other times I'll say, two things uh, to that. One is, yes, prayer is, we speak of a life of prayer. And like our biological life, our emotional life, our intellectual life, uh, all the different aspects of what it means to be human, these are ongoing developing things. So prayer too is going to be ongoing and developing. Uh, and that's really a very healthy and beautiful thing that that happened. Because what is happening is that it's going to be growing and becoming richer and deeper. So does prayer change from time to time uh, in our lives? Uh, it can, yes. So I just want to recognize the general principle. But as regards, this is the other thing I want to say, an individual case, 
I am always reluctant to discuss individual cases in any setting other than in the one-on-one with the individual because so many different factors can be involved. It might be for one person that prayer will grow by letting go a certain form that has brought the person to readiness for a deeper form of prayer. And it might be for another person that that would not help to do that. And maybe there's just some kind of struggle in the person's life right now, but that form of prayer will continue to be helpful. I think of um, now uh, St. John the Twenty-Third, the Pope, whose basic form of prayer throughout all of his life was the rosary, 15 decades of the rosary that he would pray. And that led him deeper and deeper into prayer. For him, it would not have been a good thing to relinquish that for the sake of some other form of prayer, Alexio, or something like that. So there's an individual level here that is best seen in the one-on-one, and I want to reverence that as we... So the general principle, yes, uh, but how that's going to apply to the individual person needs to be seen in the concrete of the one-on-one. Yet another form of dryness can arise from the need to share some kind of burden in our hearts with God. Let me give an example, and then we'll look at the principle. I've never forgotten some years ago speaking with a man who told me that his prayer was dry, and it had been dry for years. And in the course of the conversation, I asked him, do you remember when your prayer began to become dry? Well, yes, he did. I was 11 years ago. Well, what happened 11 years ago? His young son had died. And from that point on, prayer had been dry. And as we talked, I I asked him, have you ever shared that space in your heart with God? Of course, there'd be some anger, there'd be deep pain, deep hurt. Well, no, he didn't even know that you could do that in prayer. And I just encouraged him as he felt able without forcing anything, if he could, to open that space in his heart to God. And he did, and prayer was no longer dry. Now prayer was able to move forward again. The image I have of this is the, let's say, a husband and wife seated across the breakfast table. And uh, because this is a metaphor, let's say that she has some burden in her heart and uh, has not been able to put this into words with her husband. He knows that something's weighing on her but he's not going to push into that space until she feels ready to share it. Well, they will have a conversation, but the conversation will probably stay on a pretty um, superficial kind of level. I don't say that negatively, but, you know, uh, I'll be doing this today. Uh, Will you be able to get that? What time will you be home? And so on. But when the time comes that she is able now to share the burden on her heart with him. The conversation, the communion, the sharing now reaches a whole different level. And they come together in a, in a rich and beautiful way. So something like that can happen in our life of prayer. When there is a space in our heart that, uh, for many reasons, generally with having to do with some kind of pain, Uh, we have not felt able to share with the Lord. And so that space remains closed. And we love the Lord. We faithfully continue to pray. But the prayer can feel dry. And in that case, then, the need is to know 
that not only can we, but that the Lord is eager, and I consciously use that word eager, is eager to receive that sharing from us. So a person may say, but the Lord already knows everything. That's a very different thing from my saying it to the Lord in my prayer, my opening this space in my heart to the Lord. And when that happens, very likely, if the dryness is due to this, that dryness is going to dissipate, and something very rich and fruitful and beautiful is going to come into my relationship with the Lord. Think of Job, for example, in the Old Testament, who pours out his heart and all the pain and the inability to understand. Uh, Think of the Psalms. It's one reason why we love them so much. These are not peaceful, staid, uh, everything properly in its place kinds of prayers. These are raw prayers where out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, um, why have you abandoned me? You know, it, it, these, the Psalms are, are, we love them because this is where heart really speaks to, to heart. So the need may be at times to know that we have the freedom to share these spaces in our heart with the Lord. And as I say that the Lord loves that sharing, that the Lord is eager to receive that sharing, and that that sharing is very fruitful in our life of prayer. I think this might be a good time, Father Gallagher, just to reiterate for folks out there to realize that God is not a human parent, a human father or a human mother, that maybe as we as children felt that if we described our anger or our hurt or our pain, that their responses to us or our perceived responses that they gave us were ones that would were judgmental or created more anger or there was all these other factors. And when we speak to God, sometimes we give him those attributes, those attributes of maybe a human response. And as you just said, God is total love. God is love. That's what John tells us. So his response to our anger and to our frustration and to our lack of understanding it is going to be different. Do you think that's a fair thing to share? Yes, absolutely. And you know, let's go back to a quote from Venerable Bruno Lanteri that we probably spoke about in that series. So this is a quote. Um, it's something that Venerable Bruno repeated often in his own personal spiritual writings and that he often said, or others in his spiritual direction, which deals exactly with the point that you've raised. If I should fall a thousand times a day, just keep falling into impatience or failing in this or that, a thousand times a day I will begin again, with new awareness of my weakness, promising God with a peaceful heart to amend my life. And now this gets directly to what you've raised And it's the reason why we can begin again with peaceful hearts. I will never think of God as if he were of our condition and grows weary of our wavering, weakness, and negligence. And that's true. If we're working with someone who's always hesitating, we get tired of it after a while. Uh, There's a weakness. A person never quite does what's necessary. We try to be patient, but we get weary of it. Uh, a negligent. The person just uh, fails to, to, to do what this person should be doing. And so we get tired of that. And we think that God is like that. And so he says, I will never think of God as if he were of our condition and grows weary in this way. Rather, I will think of what is truly characteristic of him and what he prizes most highly, 
that is, his goodness and mercy, knowing that he is a loving Father who understands our weakness, is patient with us, and forgives us. Now that understanding of God as Father actually comes out of, it was richly prepared, humanly speaking, in Venerable Bruno's life, out of the wonderful relationship that he had with his father. His mother died when he was very young, and it was his father who raised him. And then, uh, after he left home and entered the seminary, he had a wonderful spiritual father in Father Diesbach. So that fatherhood for him was always something very rich and beautiful and warm and supportive, calling to growth, but in a very loving way. And so he has this image of the, the human experience really helped him to have the vision of the father that you've just described. And that is the vision of the father uh, that we see throughout the Old Testament and as Jesus speaks of his heavenly father. And so to move toward that uh, and to know that I can be open with this father And not only will he not get angry and pull away, but as I feel able to share what's really in my heart with this Father who loves me so much, who says, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, as we are sons and daughters in Jesus, sons and daughters of this Father and beloved in his heart. As we grow in the knowledge that we really can share everything with him, then as I keep saying something very rich, will come into our life of prayer and it will grow. And if the dryness that we're experiencing comes from this fact that there's something that really needs to be shared, then that dryness will will pass and prayer will move forward in very rich ways. So that is yet another experience of possible experience of dryness. We'll return to Spiritual Desolation, Be Aware, Understand, Take Action, with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. A prayer for the intercession of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. O Father, fountain of all life and holiness, you gave Father Bruno Lanteri great faith in Christ your Son, a lively hope, and an act of love for the salvation of his brethren. You made him a prophet of your word and a witness to your mercy. He had a tender love for Mary, and by his very life he taught fidelity to the Church. Father, 
hear the prayer of your family, and through the intercession of Father Lanteri, grant us the grace for which we now ask. May he be glorified on earth, that we may give you greater praise. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Spiritual Desolation. Be aware, understand, take action with Father Timothy Gallagher. A further can come from simple, in our terms, non-spiritual factors, and that is physical or emotional factors, so that I've just been through an awful lot and I'm just physically really worn. Here's my 20 minutes for prayer and I'm here, but... I'm really, really tired, or been through a very difficult relational situation in the family or at work or elsewhere, and I come faithfully to prayer, but I just have no emotional energy right now. And so the prayer feels dry. Of course it feels dry. And there's no shame or there's no uh, failing, failing the Lord in that it's simply a human situation. In one of these um, many anecdotes of the Desert Fathers, a younger monk comes to the the older one and just says that uh, I'm just unable to pray. And the the monk says to him, can you sit in your cell? Can you remain there? If that's that's all you can do now, that's all the Lord is asking. However, the, the, the need there is to replenish the depleted energies. Please God, to find healthy ways to recuperate the, uh, the physical and emotional energy. And in that case, this situation of dryness will pass. Now, having said all of that, none of those situations that I've just described are spiritual desolation. They all have that dryness. Same word has different causes in each case, and the remedy in each case is appropriate to the specific nature of the dryness. If, however, the dryness is coupled with a sense of discouragement, of feeling very far from God, finding it difficult to hope and have confidence in God, and various temptations are flitting in and out of this experience of dryness, well, then we have spiritual desolation. So in that case, in that sense, yes, this dryness is spiritual desolation. And then everything that Ignatius says in the rules about resisting and rejecting spiritual desolation comes into the picture. Could I ask a, a question about tears, to go back to the experience of that? Is it possible that for some the just even expressing themselves i'm i i don't mean to be cliche but sometimes men 
have a trouble with that particular expression of an emotion is through tears. You're not supposed to cry. And I would say even in our day now, women are told to toughen up and don't, don't shed tears. But for, but, but in particular for, for men, it, is it something that needs to be expressed with the actual tears or is that a really a, a non-issue? Well, that question shifts us from spiritual desolation. I think it's nice once in a while to do this to spiritual consolation because the tears that Ignatius speaks of are tears of that, that express the joy, the uplift, the warmth of heart when we feel with an uplifted heart God's closeness and God's love. When, just by contrast with spiritual desolation, our hope grows. Our faith becomes more lively. Uh, our love for the Lord and others in the Lord grows warmer. There, there's a joy in spiritual things. So exactly the opposite of the spiritual con- desolation. And the tears are simply the body's incorporation into or assimilation into the uplifting, warm, and happy movement of the heart. Because we're not just a soul. We're body and soul. And the body can participate at times in the joy that the heart feels in spiritual consolation. Now, like all spiritual consolation, such tears are a gift and a grace from God. They're not something that we pressure ourselves somehow to experience or need to feel that we should be manufacturing in some way. They are something that God may give at a certain time, and if God does, our call is simply to receive and to allow it, because the spiritual consolation now experienced both body and soul is richer because it's the entirety of our humanity that now uh, receives the gift. So when that happens, not only is there no shame in that, but there's a beautiful gift in that. And it may be that for whatever cultural reasons uh, we may find ourselves hesitating, and perhaps men more than women, uh, find ourselves hesitating and unsure um, of whether that's a good thing, whether we should allow that to happen. We need to know that it's a very good thing, these kinds of tears. Now, tears can express all sorts of things. They're very much very distinct from spiritual consolation. There can be tears of heart-rending pain, for example, tears of anger or frustration, and so on. Tears can express many different things, so we're on the non-spiritual level there, and those need to be dealt with in appropriately healthy ways. But the tears that Ignatius is describing here are specifically a grace and a gift from God when the body in that way accompanies the joy of heart of the spiritual consolation. And in this case, they are a gift, there's a holiness, and our our, our one call to use Ignatius' own verb is to receive, receiver, to receive that action of God. Would you you say that it's not, on the flip side of that, that if you have not experienced that or it doesn't happen frequently it's not necessarily a sign of desolation oh no not at all there are many different experiences of spiritual consolation and tears are only one of them so the person may feel all of that warmth and joy in the lord without tears and there's no failure on the person's part or the grace is not less because of it it's god who determines uh, how the spiritual consolation will be experienced. But let me give an example to make this concrete. 
And because we've said it's a bit more difficult for men, we'll make it a man. And here's a man who is approaching the sacrament of confession. And he has something that he knows he needs to say. It's been weighing on him. It's a heavy burden on his heart. And he knows that it's not going to be easy to say. He goes to confession and with God's grace has the courage to say openly everything that he needs to say. And when he's finished speaking, the priest responds with great goodness and kindness and gentleness and lets him know that through the the grace of a a very well-made confession that the burden is lifted and now everything is open between this man and God. And as the man listens, he finds just the beginning of a tear coming to his eye. The beautiful tears of spiritual consolation. So yes, these are beautiful things when God gives them. That can happen in prayer. It can happen uh, at the smile of a, of a young son, for example, or a young daughter, and with gratitude to God for the gift that uh, that is part of his life. At a healing, maybe from when the illness is finally over, and the doctors found the way, or in whatever way this has happened, and his heart is grateful to God. I remember one time when I was provincial in our community, and it was in my ninth year of doing it, so I'd been doing it for some time. And that's physically a pretty demanding job. There's a lot of travel and a lot of responsibility. And I was sitting with the members of my uh, provincial council. There were five of us, I think, there. And we were considering uh, a part of the provincial. What the provincial does is to visit all of the different communities every year and meet with all of the men so that he's in touch with the situations and the needs. And uh, I was pretty tired at this point and not quite sure how I was going to manage this year to do all of that. And the others uh, in the, the council, they knew that. And so they'd obviously talked about it amongst themselves. And they just said to me, look, we know you're, you're tired right now. We'd be happy to do this for you this year. We'll split it up and each of us will visit the different communities. And that's what happened that year. But I remember sitting in church after that with just deep gratitude, knowing that the Lord knew my need and had loved me through that. And there was the beginning of a tear there. So those are rich and beautiful experiences when God gives them. There's no shame when they're not there. Our call is simply to be open and receptive should God choose to give that gift. All right, one final thing to say about these various experiences of dryness. Even though, as I've said, the various experiences listed before the last one with the discouragement and temptations are not spiritual desolation, they are, however, spaces of vulnerability when the prayer seems dry and difficult. And they can be spaces where the enemy may try to bring some spiritual desolation, uh, in which case then we are now experiencing spiritual desolation. So whatever we can do to take the, the right steps to address a dryness that is not spiritual desolation is diminishing a vulnerability to a potential spiritual desolation. So it's good to, if we're aware of dryness, to uh, try to take the healthy steps to deal with that. And then that's strengthening us, closing off a potential door for, for spiritual desolation. You've been listening to Spiritual Desolation. Be aware, understand, take action with Father Timothy Gallagher. This particular series is based in part on Chapter 4 of Setting Captives Free, 
personal reflections on Ignatian Discernment of Spirits. You can find this book on Father Gallagher's website at fathertimothygallagher.org. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Spiritual Desolation. Be aware, understand, and take action with Father Timothy Gallagher.